Echoplex Media is live Wednesday through Sunday on Twitch. Shows start at 7 or 9 p.m. Pacific. You can get our whole schedule at echoplexmedia.com. Make sure to follow us, twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Enjoy the show. When they actually spend their time listening to this show, what does it mean? It means we're winning. Read it to the lyrics, so that the fucking will quench your thirst. As long as you remember 
right, everybody, welcome to the Plex. We do the show live every Sunday, 7 p.m. Pacific, right here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. You can support this project at patreon.com slash echoplex, or of course, go to eplex.store. There are memberships there that work an awful lot, like the memberships on Patreon, plus you get some discounts on our swag, so that's good stuff right there. Um, I'm Producer Dave, you can find me on Grinder, and this is what the people want. I don't hate the cops And there's a person inside when the truncheon stops I don't hate the cops But when the raiders come, who will protect the shops? Don't hate the cops They're a sensitive bunch if you don't stop throwing your rocks Snap, crackle, pop, it's the sound of a taser Your body drops, don't hate the cops but don't hate the cops, don't hate the cops But don't hate the cops Like your local police Cause they don't do nothing wrong Like your local police Got rid of the corruption And the racism is gone They've been keeping the peace Keeping homeless folks out of the parks and malls Got a cure for your social disease Follow the law, don't hate the cops 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 story this evening you can hit exclamation point docket in the chat if you'd like to know what our list uh, links are for the week by the way and of course they're always in the show notes for the podcast listeners and for people watching on youtube uh first first up this week is a glendale school board meeting didn't go so well similar to last time here's uh here's uh, some footage of it from ford fisher news to share <laughs> We'll 
we'll start this over again. This is live radio, everybody. I forgot to change the uh, change the view. I'm not sure what happened here. Cops are clearly there to protect the Proud Boy protester types. Glendale, California, again. What I'm guessing is that there's like a lot of out-of-town agitators coming to Glendale to like fuck with the fuck with the regular people who live there. And uh, if you're uh, listening, this is a hard scene to describe. It's really chaotic. You probably want to check out the video if you're listening to the podcast. <laughs> My, my guess here is that this guy probably is one of the counter protesters there um, uh, v- versus the Proud Boys. And that's probably why he's getting arrested. <laughs> chaotic but there's there's more footage here there's another one that's uh 318 uh, a little bit of a warning on this content there might be they, people are yelling slurs a little bit in it it's hard to hear but if, if you're really listening for it you can hear it Why? 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 because 
kids in this this school district i almost guarantee it like this is just an angry mob I have nothing to lose. What do you mean you have nothing to lose? This is, uh, again, this is Glendale, California, and they're angry about queer people existing, basically. Says, don't blame me, I voted for Trump. Like, what the fuck is this? Oh, what the fuck? Okay, come on, this is just, this is just, uh, like, I'm, I'm curious what's going on there, because that looked like, um, my understanding is there's a fairly large Armenian population and it looks like the, a lot of those guys might've been Armenian. And it seems like maybe, uh, groups like the proud boys probably riled up, uh, people locally. I don't know. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. Cause a lot of times too, these, when you, when you see these things happening, it's like people from out of town that have nothing to do with the schools and stuff too. So we're just going to have to keep an eye on what's going on in Glendale. Cause that's crazy. Like that is really crazy. Um, I think Glendale is Glendale's like right next to Los Angeles, not right next to it. It's near Los Angeles. I don't, I don't believe it's in LA County. I don't believe it's in orange County either, but, uh, yeah, they were all very angry though. We're all very angry. So we're going to move on to, I guess, more regular news. Here's a, there was an interview with Trump where he just really didn't, he didn't, um, do very well in this interview with I think Brett Baer of all people I don't want to dwell on it but according to the indictment you were here at Bedminster on July 21st 2021 after you're no longer president and you were recorded saying that you had a document detailing a plan of attack on another country that was prepared by the US military for you when you were president the Iran attack plan you remember that Ready? You were recording. It wasn't a document. Okay. I had lots of paper. I had copies of newspaper articles. I had copies of magazines. I know. This is specifically a quote. You're quoted on the recording saying the document was secret, adding that you could have declassified it while you were president, but quote, now I can't. You know, this is still secret, highly confidential. And the indictment cites the recording and the testimony from people in the room saying you showed it to people there that day. So you say on this, on tape. It says just the opposite. That you can't declassify. So why have it? What I said, when I said that I couldn't declassify it now, that's because I wasn't president. I I never made any bones about that. When I'm not president, I can't declassify. And that's what you said. You did. I said that. What? This guy's an idiot. I said I. 
you know why this guy can't find a good lawyer? Because he, every time he finds a good lawyer, the, the, the lawyer is like, don't go on TV anymore. And he's like, oh, I can't do that. You're fired. And so he's got this clown ass lawyer. Couldn't do could have that wasn't a document. It. Brett, there was no document. That was a massive amount of papers and everything else talking about Iran and other things. And it may have been held up or may not, but that was not a document. I didn't have a document per se. There was nothing to declassify. These were newspaper stories, magazine stories, and articles. I'm just saying what the indictment says. Well, they, the recording people, and the look, people in the room who these testified. These people are very dishonest people. They're thugs. They're thugs. If you look at what they've done to other people, what they've done to, and overturned in the U.S. Supreme Court. These are thugs. These the are suggestion was people. that you wanted this as evidence that the military, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Milley, had preemptively sent you plans for a possible attack on Iran and that you didn't order that to happen. That's the suggestion. I never ordered it to happen, no. But no. that's why you wanted the document. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a document from Milley. Milley, frankly, was incompetent. The last one I'd want to attack with as my leader would be Milley. That I can... Uh, what the fuck, yo? <laughs> they've got this guy like dead to rights with these documents and he's like i don't have any documents there were newspaper articles i was a newspaper i was a writing they were they just said class it was just the newspaper they were newspaper articles this guy's so stupid i mean i i knew he was like an idiot but like this is what he's doing now is just like this is he's like hi i would like you to throw me in jail here's him in the same interview being asked about uh rfk jr <laughs> no this is this is pretty funny here you know the kennedys they all look the same they're all like basically the same person right and biden he's got somebody at 21 percent. i just saw a number 21 percent. jfk robert, jr who's robert a very Kennedy. nice person i know him very well uh, <laughs> it was robert robert you think it's jfk jr do you think he just fucked up or do you think he was dog whistling to the q people He's a very, very fine person. He's a 21%. But DNC's not going to do any debates. They, he won't well, agree to them. Do it, but the so what does it mean is, if the, the two front runners is, for the White House, you and President Biden, duck the debate stage? Oh, no, we have to debate. No, no. no uh, prior, primary. Oh, yeah, we have to. He and I have to definitely debate. That's what I love. But the two of us have to debate as the two, even if the polls are. So you haven't made your definitive decision on the primary. No, I haven't, but I do say. <laughs> he's like oh we have to debate he also like doesn't remember which kennedy he's talking about this guy's I, i'm starting to think he's starting to fall apart not that he was like completely put together before but i'm just thinking this guy's starting to fall apart he like looks disheveled he, like more disheveled than usual his uh speech patterns are uh different maybe a little more frantic than we're used to from him at least in this interview it seems like seems like seems like he knows he might he might know that it's all over or he's i don't know something's going it's different like i said it's not like he was uh put put together really well before but this all seems a little different so uh here's a here's one i called not knowing shit about the things you you yourself proposed is very very presidential as an example a woman who you know very well was in jail she had 24 more years to Served. She served for 22 years. She had Alice Johnson. Alice. She was in the Super Bowl. High quality. Oh, yeah. I said, how many years? And she was on a telephone call, and they were involved in selling marijuana, mostly marijuana. And she got like 50 years in jail. But she'd be killed under your plan. Huh? 
as a drug dealer. No, no, no. Under my, oh, under that, uh, it would depend on the severity. It would depend on the severity. She's technically a former drug dealer. She, the, she had multi-million dollar cocaine ring. Any drug dealer. Look. So even Al Shotson in that ad. She can't do it. Okay. By the way. If that was there, <laughs> she wouldn't be killed. It would start as of now, so you wouldn't go to the no, past. I know, but- <laughs> like, dude, how how do you just get absolutely bodied over and over again by Brett Bear? <laughs> like, how do you how do you even do that? I didn't even think it was possible. Just getting, just getting humiliated by Brett Bear. Here we go, one more. Here's, Trump hires the best people. In 2016, you said that. I'm going to surround myself with only the best and most serious people. Well, I did do that. This and we time, had tremendous look. We had the best economy we've ever had. The this world time has ever seen. Your vice president, Mike Pence, is running against you. Yeah. Your ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, she's running against you. Your former secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, said he's not supporting you. You mentioned National Security Advisor John Bolton. He's not supporting you either. You mentioned Attorney General Bill Barr. Uh, says you shouldn't be president again. Uh, calls you the consummate narcissist and troubled man. You recently called and uh, Barr a, a gutless pig. Uh, you're second defense secretary is not supporting you, called you irresponsible. This week, you and your White House called your White House chief of staff, John Kelly, weak and ineffective and born with a very small brain. You called your acting White House chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, a born loser. You called your first secretary of state, Rex Tillerson, dumb as a rock. And your first defense secretary, James Mattis, the world's most overrated general. You called your White House press secretary, Kayla Kennedy, milquetoast. And multiple times, you've referred to your transportation secretary, Elaine Chao, as Mitch McConnell's China loving wife. So, why did you hire all of them in the first place? <laughs> 10 to 1 that were fantastic. We had a great economy. We had phenomenal <laughs> people in charge of the economy. Just getting destroyed by Brett fucking Bear. We had phenomenal people in the military. I'm not a fan of Millie, and I'm not a fan of certain of the television people. But I knocked out ISIS. I defeated ISIS. They said, Mattis, it would take three years, and I don't think we can do it. I did it in a period of, like, four weeks. There's a lot of people not, who praise you for your policies. I just said true. that. That's true. Well, I mean, you just went through a list. But don't forget, for everyone you say, I had ten that love us. And one thing happens, I find, with... <laughs> oh, my God. I, somebody in chat said that Murdoch's trying to ditch Trump, and I think, yeah, Fox is probably going to turn on him pretty soon. Um, because he's bad... You know, Trump's bad for business for Fox. Don't worry, though. Here's Trump at uh, this faith and uh, faith and freedom event. Something we're going to watch actually a bunch of it later tonight in red light. Uh, but he's you better look out. Marxists and socialists and communists. Trump's coming for you. Made them competitive. Today, I'm announcing a new plan to protect the integrity of our immigration system. Federal law prohibits the entry of communists and totalitarians into the United States. But my question is, what do we do with the ones that are already here that grew up in it? I think we have to pass a new law for them. Using federal law in section 212F, 
of the Immigration and Nationality Act, I will order my government to deny entry to all communists and all Marxists. Those who come to and join our country must love our country. We want them to love our country. We don't want them when they want to destroy our country. Welcome to America. We want to destroy your country. Thank you very much. So we're going to keep foreign, Christian-hating, communists, Marxists, and socialists out of America. We're keeping them out of America. I don't think he's going to make it. I don't think he's going to make it to, like, the election, like, to the general election. I don't think he's going to die or anything. I just don't think he's going to make it. I think he's going to like, I think he's going to like lose his mind or lose what he has left of his mind before the election. Like he has no, first of all, he said the, he meant immigration and naturalization code, but he said something else. I forget what it was like immigration and Nash nationality code or some shit. Like he's, he's just, he's losing it, man. It's, it's, it's fun to watch, I guess. Cause he's, I don't, I don't like the guy, but. It's kind of terrifying that that he could be the president again because he's a uh, seems seems like something something's uh seems like there's some screws loose looser than they were before. Here's a uh, Ron DeSantis is apparently going to sue the Department of Education. This is Trump's biggest competitor for president. It's still early though. We don't know what's going to happen. Ultimately, uh, what we need is a competitive market in accreditation. You know, it's one thing if there were creditors out there and you could freely choose where you wanted to go, then I think we would be probably not even having this discussion now. But we're in a situation where that's not the case, where we're expected to go to this one accreditor, and this is an accreditor that has an agenda. And why should that agenda be our agenda? Nobody voted for that agenda. They did vote for the agenda in the legislature and what we've signed into law. So I think it's important because it shapes how our institutions of higher education operate. And so often they have to do things to please accreditors. And so if the accreditors really want to move the institutions <laughs> in one way, right now they basically have the authority to do it. And so we're going to put a stop to that. Uh, he's going to sue the fucking, he's going to sue the Department of Education because he doesn't like that to be accredited, you have to like do education. <laughs> what a crazy, crazy, crazy thing. He's like, oh, I can't get a, our, our crazy ass schools can't get accredited if they're teaching, um, they're teaching like uh, uh, voodoo. So we're just going to get rid of the accreditation process. Actually, we're going to sue the, uh, the Department of Education and make them accredit our schools here's uh ron desantis uh talking about sports what is it about baseball that you love i mean it is a thinking man's game it does seem to kind of track with where you are at in your trajectory of your career tell me a little bit about baseball well, you know, I think, you know, Ted Williams, when he got inducted all the time, said baseball gives every American uh, boy a chance to succeed. And I think there's something to that. There's so many different places 
that you need to have on a baseball team and there's different skills that are required so some people can be a pitcher some people can be a middle infielder some people can be a catcher and so I think that there's kind of a place for everybody on a baseball team if you're willing to work hard if you're willing to practice and if you're willing to, to hone your skills so I, I, I kind of thought it was always a very democratic game a very meritocratic game whereas I kind of viewed like like basketball as like these guys are just freaks of nature they're just like they're incredible Incredible athletes in baseball you know you have some guys that might not necessarily be the best athlete but maybe they've got you know that slider that nobody can hit or they have the skills that allow them to compete at the highest level I mean it's just racism that's just racism basketball's coded very black and baseball a lot of black people play baseball too but it's more coded white that's what he means he just means there's white people in baseball I mean that was so like that's pretty transparent Calling them freaks of nature. Dude, they're just tall and good at basketball. Get the fuck out of here. Here's uh, Ron DeSantis. He visited uh, San Francisco. We talked about this on Down Ballot, but I'm going to play this video, a clip of this video that he made himself again anyway. Just because he used the word riffraff, and I kind of love the idea that he's like, oh, I'm in San Francisco. Look at all the riffraff. Look around, uh, the city is not vibrant anymore. It's really collapsed because of leftist policies. And uh, these policies have caused people to flee this area. They don't prosecute criminals like they do in most parts of the country. Uh, and the wreckage has really, really been sad to see. And so I've seen so many businesses boarded up. Uh, I've seen so much uh, riffraff just running around. And um, it just shows you these policies matter. Uh, leadership matters. They are doing it wrong here. They're doing it wrong here. Policy matters. Leadership matters. There's riffraff. He's standing in the TL, the Tenderloin. It's like not the best area of the city, but there's a lot of good parties in the TL. So, um, you know, whatever. You, you get what you get. Here's uh, Mark Levin. Mark Levin uh, whining about the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation. Haven't seen a lot of Mark Levin lately. He's, uh, I bet he, maybe he's making a comeback. Justice and Dorn made the point that like a laser focuses on Donald Trump, even concocts information against Donald Trump, uh, 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 changes uh, evidence to try and go after Donald Trump, okay. uh, works with the Democrat Party to go after Donald Trump, and then drops everything when it comes to Hillary Clinton as they're dropping everything when it comes to the Bidens. This oversight responsibility that you and Jim Jordan and others have, and you're not getting a hell of a lot from the, uh, from the Senate other than a few senators like Johnson and Grassley. But the fact of the matter yeah. is, this oversight responsibility is also a legislative responsibility. These institutions have to be changed. These institutions have to lose resources. These institutions have to stop spying on Americans. These institutions have to stop trying to destroy Republican candidates, Republican elections, and a former Republican president. This, I mean, this is just beyond belief. Are you folks thinking about these things? Absolutely. I think about it every day. I think about it more since I've started trying to deal with Christopher Wray and the FBI bureaucracy. Look, uh, this is something the Republicans are going to have to stick together on. And, and you'll see an overwhelming majority of Republicans in the House do this. We're going to have to have Republicans in the Senate stand with us. We, we not only are going to have to reform the F but we're going to also have to demand that there be new leadership in the FBI. There's not a lot we can do with Merrick Garland right now, but we can cut their budgets. 
And we can use that Hallman rule to try to get rid of uh, deep state bureaucrats that are deep state bureaucrats. They like when they say this, when they say stuff like that, they mean like middle management. Respect to getting the transparent truth out there as to public corruption and political wrongdoing among liberals and among Democrats. So I'm all in. I agree with you 100 percent. Uh, we've the first thing that I said when I spoke to the Republican study committee yesterday, gave them an update on the investigation. I said, we have to stick together to defund this FBI building. We, we <laughs> Famous uh, for being uh, against conservatives and right wingers, famously a liberal left organization. The FBI is. Uh, it, they're going to defund them by adding 10 percent of their budget. That's probably right. So uh, here, uh, don't worry, everybody. Lauren Boebert has the floor at the at the House of Representatives. So everything's going to be just fucking fine. How to seek recognition. Mr. Speaker, pursuant to Clause 2A1 of Rule 9, I rise to give notice of my intent to raise a question of the privileges of the House. The form of the resolution is as follows. HRES 503, impeaching Joseph R. Biden, Jr., President of the United States, for high crimes and misdemeanors. Resolved that Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. is impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors and that the following articles of impeachment be exhibited to the, to the United States Senate. Articles of impeachment exhibited by the House of Representatives of the United States of America in the name of itself and of the people of the United States of America against Joseph R. Biden Jr., President of the United States, in maintenance and support of its impeachment against him for high crimes and misdemeanors. Article 1, abuse of power. The Constitution... <laughs> it didn't go well. She didn't even get a lot. <laughs> this didn't go so well for her. It was amazing. Oh, I didn't want to get too much into it. I just I'd grab that clip, but it, it didn't go so well for her. It's, this is, she's, had, she's had a rough week. She's had she's had a rough week. Here she is on Flashpoint uh, saying she was actually guided by God to uh, do this. Fantastic stuff. All glory to God. Uh, this is uh, this is grace. This is God's empowerment, his ability and staying grounded, rooted in the word of God out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. And um, I, I am I am directed and led by him. You know, there was pressure for me not to introduce the articles of impeachment tonight. Well, not introduce them, but bring them up and call them for a vote. And um, well, the pressure was because you didn't you couldn't whip the votes. You have the majority in the House and you still couldn't get the votes. And that's why you were pressured not to do it. It makes you look stupid. Um, I said, you know, I, I have a, um, a peace, a still in my spirit, and I'm going to be led by peace, um, not by the pressure from the outside. Um, and, and we've seen that on full display with the speaker's race where Matt Gates and I were surrounded, um, pressure from the outside, but strong on the inside, knowing that we are purposed um, and, uh, and that we are doing what is right, what is righteous. And, uh, and I think just as you said, um, history will prove that. I'm not being like the press secretary and calling myself an historic figure, but history will prove- Oh, you're a historic figure, all right. You just don't know in what way that we were on the right side of the argument and um it it, it all it it is all about being 
led by the Spirit of God in everything that you do. I do give him all glory for where I am, for the people that he has positioned me uh, with and in front of um, to speak life into situations and to hold um, the corrupt accountable. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful to be here and to um, help get our country back on track because we are that shining city on a hill. We are a beacon of light for the rest of the world. And it is the goodness no, of God that leads not. men to repentance. Maybe. Maybe you could have once said that, but we are no longer any of those things. We are a laughing stock. Shout out to Right Wing Watch. The United States is a laughing stock, unfortunately. Um, I don't know what else to say. Here, uh, here's a Sean Hannity with Lauren Boebert on. It seems like uh, like Fox is maybe turning on some of these people. Here's a uh, Lauren Boebert on. <clears throat> Hannity show, and she's going to be asked, "What's going on with uh, you and uh, Marjorie the Gathering? Why, why are you, why are you beefing?" Um, I'd be negligent if I didn't ask you. All right, what's going on with you and Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene? Sean, I did not put my life on pause and leave my four boys and my now grandson um, to come here and um, just get in in spats with people. I, I came here to legislate and to be effective for Coloradans. Coloradans <laughs> who are suffering from the Democrats' policy. Marjorie is not my enemy. Joe Biden's policy, the Democrats, that is my enemy that I am combating right now. And I'm doing everything I can to make sure I put them in check and hold them accountable and take our country back from this radical extremism that we are seeing. And that's why, Sean, for the first time in 24 years, a House Republican majority voted to Today, unanimously, Republicans voted to begin impeachment proceedings against a current president. I jump-started this critical effort to ensure that Joe Biden <laughs> is impeached for his unconstitutional dereliction of duty, violating Article 2 of the Constitution by failing to execute our immigration and border security laws. In my articles of impeachment, like you said, they're referred to the Homeland Security Committee and the Judiciary Committee so we can expedite these impeachment proceedings right. against Joe Biden. All right, Congresswoman, great to have you as always. Thank you for being with us. Why are there, why is there a studio audience fucking clapping for that fucking lady? <clears throat> this isn't going to work. She's she's but she's just doing this to get on TV. She's doing this to raise her own profile because she only won her last election by like four or five hundred votes. I, a lot of people kind of forget that, but in twenty twenty two, she was pretty close. And it looks like her opponent this time's got 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 his shit together, and she might no longer be a Congress be in congress after uh after 2024 because colorado colorado is a, a pretty blue state in her area like where she's at isn't that leaning that hard republican and <clears throat> she's not likable she's abrasive she's not very bright and she probably doesn't know uh how to really run a good campaign so i i'm hoping she loses <laughs> i'm hoping she loses by a lot too or actually, I kind of hope she loses by just a little so she can run around the country claiming the, the fucking vote was fraudulent. She could pull a, a sore loser lake. That'd be a lot more fun watching her go around fucking wah, wah, wah. Ballot harvesting, wah, wah, wah. That's what I want. Actually, I want her to lose by two fucking votes now that I think about it. All right, so some some Republicans are getting a little bit, of pissed, bit pissed off at Gymnasium Jordan for um because of this weird fucking... There's supposed some whistleblower crap that's not really playing out the way it's supposed to. And they're getting pissed off at Matt, at um, Jim Jordan. 
think that's beyond the scope of what's in the report. It's literally the scope of what your charging order is. Who put it in motion? We get after it was put in motion, the FBI did a bunch of wrong and corrupt things. Totally understand, we're trying to deal with that. But when you are part of the cover-up, Mr. Durham, mm. then it makes our job harder. Yeah, well, if that's your thought, I mean, there's no way of dissuading you from that. I can tell you that it's offensive and that the people who worked on this investigation have spent their lives trying to protect the people in this country and pursue within the law what it is that we, two, could, we are authorized Durham, wait, to on. do. You tried two cases, lost both of them, and then the one plea, guilty plea you got, Kleinsmith, Kleinsmith is back to practicing law in Washington, D.C. today. Yeah, that's beyond my control. Right, but, but the, f the fact that you allowed that plea to occur, right, and, and then the punishment was insufficient, the fact that you didn't, you didn't charge Andrew McCabe, you didn't convict the lying Democrats or the lying Russians, you didn't investigate Mifsud or the Mueller probe, even though, as we sit here today in black letter, that was your charge. Have you ever heard of the Washington Generals? The Washington Generals, yes. Yeah, and, and they're the team that basically gets paid to show up and lose, right? Well, I, you know, I'm sure that the players who um, exert blood, sweat, and tears don't view it that way, but you might. I think they do. I think they do because the job of the Washington generals is to show up every night and to play the Harlem Globetrotters. And their job well, is thinking, to lose. I'm thinking, I'm sorry, of a different, I was thinking of a different Yeah, thing. yeah, so their job is to lose. And I'm kind of wondering, and, and it, just seem, it just seems so facially obvious that it's not what's in your report that's telling it's the omission. It's the lack of work you did. And for the people like the chairman who put trust in you, I think you let them down. I think you let the country down. And you are one of the barriers to the true accountability that we need. Do I get to respond to that or comment on that? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've ever investigated a crime. So he's, <clears throat> this is a little bit complicated, but he's kind of throwing shade at uh, Jim Jordan there because Jim Jordan is the chair of that committee and appointed this guy as the, as the special, special counsel for the committee. The guy's just trying to do his job, and but what they've asked him to do, some of it's ridiculous, and so it's a little bit difficult for him to do it. Now they're getting fucking mad that they're not getting what they want because the thing that they're asking for is fucking nearly impossible. So uh, it's pretty interesting watching that play out. You know, like when you don't, <clears throat> when you don't know what the fuck you're doing, then things don't go right. That's all. Yeah, they were holding out hope for this report for a long time, and there wasn't shit. And so now they're like blaming Jim Jordan and the guy who like investigated it. It's amazing. Sorry, Gymnasium Jordan. Let's not, let's not get it twisted. So uh, they also, uh, in other important business, the House of Representatives uh, voted to censure Adam Schiff um, for uh, Russiagate, I suppose, for believing, uh, for 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 participating in the impeachment of Donald Trump essentially and for be uh, for being on the um the the committee that investigated January 6th too I think they didn't like that he did that so they just censured him not for anything really just because they you know they just didn't like that he was uh, doing his job so here's the speech he's giving uh after after he was censured one's recognized to my republican colleagues who introduced this resolution I thank you you honor me with your enmity you flatter me with this falsehood. You who are the authors of a big lie about the last election must condemn the truth tellers and I stand proudly before you. Your words tell me that I have been effective in the defense of our democracy and I am grateful. 
And yet this false and defamatory resolution comes at a considerable cost to the country and to the Congress. At a moment when millions of people in our home state of California are unable to find a place to live or afford a place to live, Speaker McCarthy chooses to occupy the resources of Congress for two straight weeks on this hollow sop to the MAGA crowd. He offers nothing to those who are homeless or addicted to opioids or to millions of college students mired in debt but this paltry distraction. Donald Trump is under indictment for actions that jeopardize our national security, and McCarthy would spend the nation's time on petty political payback, thinking he can censure or fine Trump's opposition into submission. But I will not yield. Not one inch. The cost to the Speaker's delinquency is high, but the cost to Congress of this frivolous and yet dangerous resolution may be even higher as it represents another serious abuse of power. Donald Trump has threatened that any of you that defy him and vote against this partisan resolution will be met by a primary challenge. And he calls for my imprisonment. If a transient majority can punish and attempt to silence members who hold a corrupt president to account, there is no telling what further corruption of office will follow. And I say this to Speaker McCarthy and others who wish to gratify Donald Trump with this act of subservience or bend to his demands. Try as you might to expel me from Congress or silence me with a $16 million fine, you will not succeed. You might as well make it $160 million. You will never deter me from doing my duty. They find him $16 million? For trying to impeach Donald Trump, essentially. Why, why can they do that? Why can they, why can the majority just find someone? Well, whatever. I hope maybe they find his campaign. Like maybe it comes out of campaign money. The $16 million is a lot of money. And I, I don't get the impression that this guy is like rolling in the dough. I mean, he's probably not, you know, he's a congressperson. He's probably doing well, but that's a lot of fucking money. Oh, they, they, okay. Somebody in chat was telling me they actually backed out of the fine. Yeah, because the other people in Congress don't want to get fined, fine no fucking $16 million. Oh my God. So this ad read from Glenn Beck is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. It's like, it's only 17 seconds. I usually don't run clips that are this short because they're, I just don't run clips that are this short on the, on the show, but this is weird. Here's how he finishes his ad read for a uh, gold line. Call gold line. They're waiting for your call now at eight, six, six gold line, eight, six, six gold line. My N word. What the really fuck? Back in a minute. Mm. <laughs> oh no i thought he was trying to be cute or something but like oh, just fucking like offensive and unfunny <laughs> he's fucking glenn beck's an idiot glenn beck is a full-on dumb motherfucker so this week we have uh, two palate cleansers. I'm getting the I'm getting the idea we're not going to run two hours on the pod this week. Uh, there's just not. It's a bit of a slower a slower news week with a lot of kind of shorter clips. But this first one I cannot 
decide if it is adorable or fucking terrifying. I cannot decide. You'll have to help me with this. I think it might be terrifying. So, um, you'll have to see the video if you're watching the, um, listening on the podcast again, because it's, that's either adorable or fucking terrifying. It's, I think it's terrifying. Actually, I've decided that it's terrifying. So we have not one, but two palate cleansers this week. Uh, I'm just going to maybe run this next one. (laughs) It's, it's pretty funny. There's a cry across the heartland, a yearning for the days gone by. And in little old Corden, Indiana, they're happy and they'll tell you why. They got butt drugs, they love butt drugs, butt drugs, butt drugs. I recommend butt drugs for everybody. I can always count on butt drugs. When I think drugs, I think butt drugs. For all my health needs, I turn to butt drugs. You want hometown service and cheap hot coffee and liquor. Now that's the ticket. You can tell Walmart, CVS, and Walgreens exactly where to stick it. Butt drugs. We love butt drugs. Butt drugs won't let you down. Free parking in the rear. I love butt drugs. I think that might be a real commercial because it's like from a thing called I love local commercials. So that's if it is, that's pretty funny, pretty funny. And if it's not a real commercial, well, then it's very creative. And somebody kind of like in their local community decided to make a commercial for butt drugs. Um, up next uh, in, in a rare Rare occurrence here, uh, mainstream news, uh, legacy media. Good Morning America has a decent segment on trans kids and sports. So let's check it out. 16-year-old Rebecca Brizahoff is finishing up her sophomore year of high school. The straight-A student from New Jersey loves reading, writing, musical theater, and playing on her school's field hockey team. I mean, it's fun. You get to hit a ball with a stick. Who doesn't love that? I mean, like, especially on the field, we're just playing towards a common goal. We're working together. We're communicating. In April, the House of Representatives passed a bill that would have prevented kids like Rebecca from playing sports across the country because she's transgender. When did you first get an inkling that maybe what you were designated was not who you are? Yeah, so from the time I was born, I knew I was a girl, but the world didn't. When I went out into the world as Rebecca, there was this burst of joy. I could be myself and like I explore different stuff that I love. I mean, I found field hockey after I transitioned and it was just me being joyful. 
While federal legislation is unlikely to move forward in this administration, there are currently 22 states that already have laws on the books banning trans kids from school sports. The conservative legal group championing these bills, the Alliance Defending Freedom, telling ABC News they're encouraged by these laws being passed. They say they want girls to compete on a level playing field. The primary thing that people get wrong about trans kids playing sports is that they believe that trans kids are a threat and trans kids are not a threat. Skylar Baylor, the first openly transgender athlete to play on an NCAA Division I men's team, says these policies harm trans kids who are already vastly underrepresented in K-12 sports. When there are inclusive sport policies, actually participation for girls sports increases. It's in all girls, it's not just trans girls. And that encourages everybody in the girls category to be able to play and to be themselves, not just trans people. Rebecca, who's been speaking out since she was 10 years old, says her teammates have her back. What was your reaction as you saw these laws one by one being enacted? I don't know. I mean, it's it's awful. I, legislators are bullying kids. That's really it. I think there's a really big disconnect between what we're seeing in state houses and what we're hearing from legislators and what we see in real life. I think that all transgender kids play sports for the same reasons all kids play sports, to do something they love, to have fun with their friends, and to be a part of a team. When I step on that field, nothing else is happening. It's really powerful to have that time in the day to just think about a game, to have fun. I think taking that away from trans kids would be devastating. Now, Skylar Baylor told us there was one kid in Utah playing girls sports, a trans kid. In Kentucky, there was one. In Oklahoma, zero. Critics argue this is a lot of legislative firepower directed at an issue that so many trans kids I've talked to, like little Rebecca, say is deeply hurtful. That's a good, good segment by Good Morning America there. Because, <clears throat> like, this is just, this is just high school sports. Like, like nobody's, like, I don't, why, why are all these grown ass adults so worried about high school sports? You shouldn't be thinking about high school sports unless you got a kid maybe who's playing high school sports. Cause if you're worried about your, if you're worried about high school sports and you don't got a kid playing sports there, or maybe your friend is friend's kid or whatever. I find that rather creepy. I think maybe you're the one we should be looking out for if you're overly interested in uh, teenagers playing sports, but that's just, that's just my, my take, my opinion. Up next we have, I try to avoid these, but every once in a while we will run it. You know, a, a, just another racist person calling C-SPAN. Um, it must suck like hosting the C-SPAN call time because people are just like racist people call all the time. But uh, here's a here's a recent one. Good morning to you. Hi. Good morning. I really appreciate your show. It it certainly enlightens me how Democrats think. I have not heard one white Democrat apologize for slavery. I've heard, I haven't heard any black person say thank you to the over 300,000 white men who died to free those black slaves. I, I just, I, I'm astonished. I, I realize we're focusing on slavery, but my descendants are from Scotland and Ireland. We never owned slaves. 
All right. There, there in, in Texas. The previous caller mentioned. Uh, she's like, thank you. She fucking hung up on him. Like, we don't have to apologize. Like, he, the, this, the way that the way that he talked about it is stupid. I don't personally have to apologize for slavery. I know it's wrong though. And I know that like, we need to uh, educate people about what happened during slavery. And I, I'm a, I'm a believer in that. We need to uh, atone for that. This country needs to atone for what it does in the form of reparations. That doesn't mean I'm personally fucking apologizing for anything. Yeah. Well, we're all the white Democrats apologizing for it. Shut the fuck up, old man. My God. All right, we're moving on to the, I guess it's going to get a little bit crazier, but not as, it's going to be somewhat less troubling, I guess. Anyway, Jesus is coming back and it's going to happen in like five years. Next five years, Jesus is coming back. I was reading um, Matthew 24 and Jesus gives a parable about the fig tree that it's been dormant, but he said when it puts forth leaves, then that the generation that sees, sees that take place will be the last. And he was speaking several days before and referred to Israel as the fig tree and in the Old Testament is referred to as the fig tree. So, so I believe it's a parable about the nation of Israel that she was dormant for almost 2000 years. May 14, 1948, the she put forth leaves. She was declared a nation by the United Nations and reborn. And we saw the fig tree come to life. And Jesus said, the generation that sees that will be the last. So he said that you can't know the day or the hour, which is right. But he didn't say you couldn't know the generation because he gave us enough signs so that we could know the generation. And so generations in scripture, um, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but 20 years, 40 years, or 80 years. So I'm 75. Some people say you could go up to 120. Oh, but oh no. But, no, no <laughs> I don't want to go that long. <laughs> but if it's 80, so and I'm 75, I think in the next five years, we may be seeing the return of Jesus because he said the generation. Look busy, that, everyone. Jesus is coming back. The fig tree putting forth. So, so I have had that strong compulsion um, that I'm in the last generation. So I don't believe in Jesus, but I've read his book. And from what I read in his book, he wouldn't like too many of these people. They would, if this, if this motherfucker was real and he came back, the, the, these people would not be pleased. They would, they would like immediately be very angry with him. He'd be like, what are you not feeding the poor for? You know, blessed are the meek and all that shit. He'd come, they, they, they don't believe any of that shit. They believe in like a muscular version of Christianity that kind of never, was never really preached by Jesus. Oh, God. Anyway, here's this guy. I don't even know who he is, and I don't really care. He's like, oh, right-wing watch is making us all look crazy. Well, if right-wing watch is making you look crazy, it's because your videos are crazy, because all they're doing is pulling like a, a clip of your video and playing it for people. I'm dealing with it again, because now I believe that Trump's re-election will be impacted by false prophets, making us all look crazy. We have to disavow... Because Trump is running again, we need to reiterate again where we stand. We have to stand for what's right. And I'm doing it as a soul winner because the audiences that I speak to have become aware of these people. And, and places like Right Wing Watch, especially, and others are using it as ammunition against Trump right now. And I think that's, and more than that, it's dangerous because they're using it as ammunition to people that I want to reach for Jesus. And I want them to know we're not all crazy. <laughs> oh, right wing watch doing as they say, the Lord's work, man. That's, I love when these people complain about right wing watch. 
It's so funny. It's like one of my favorite genres of videos when they go, when they're always complaining about right wing watch or like mediaite or media matters. My favorite. I do want one of them to do a video where they're like, man, I, we even ended up on Dave's show, but you know, you'll have to, you'll all will have to help me get more popular. So that ends up happening. Here we go, everybody. Here's RFK Jr. on Newsmax on the Greta Van Susteren show. Um, and this is not a serious person. This is this is just listen, listen, listen to what he says here. But what what I worry about is is a WMD like a virus, like a gain of function. Something. Do you, do you worry about that? Because I see that as sort of the next the next big fight. Because you know those viruses don't see any borders, and uh, and they're relatively cheap to do this gain of function. I mean, it's just so. You know, that's what I worry about more. Greta, than but do you know what gain there. of function means? Yeah, you're exactly right. And we know that the Chinese are developing ethnic bioweapons, mm-hmm. bioweapons that are designed to attack people of certain racial types. And, the, and we're doing the same thing. We've been collecting Chinese DNA. We've been collecting Russian DNA specifically for that. It, 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 this is crazy. What is he? He's like, we're, we're going to make viruses that attack people based on their race? This arms race is a catastrophe. You know, in 1969, we, we had developed by then nuclear equivalency with bioweapons. So we could eliminate the same numbers of people with bioweapons at, I think, 29 cents a death. They calculated, the Defense Department was, and the CIA calculated at that time. And President Nixon did the most extraordinary thing. He went to Fort Detrick and he said, we are unilaterally ending the bioweapons arms race. We are giving up all of our bioweapons. We're going to destroy them. We're going to disable the capacity at Fort Detrick and we're not going to make them anymore. Yeah, I don't believe that. Three years later, almost all the nations on the earth signed a charter stopping bioweapons production. And and the, the problem was... The CIA continued to do secret bioweapons production. No shit. <laughs> the Russians found out about that and rejigged their program. And then after 2001, we passed the Patriot Act, which reopened the arms race, which basically canceled out Nixon's 1979 agreement treaty and launched a new bioweapons arms race, and everybody else in the world is doing it. And the impacts, as you point out, Greta, are horrific. We need to stop it. We need to go all to all those nations and we need to say to them, let's get rid of all the bioweapons. I- like this is that was completely unhinged. Making bioweapons that attack you based on your race, like specifically that goes after Russians. This is fucking bullshit. This is fucking. I think like <clears throat> this guy's polling kind of he's polling better than he should be because he's a Kennedy. But I think as more people get exposed to this guy's utter fucking horse shit that he spews, I think he's going to go down in the numbers for like for like likely Democratic voters. And I think we're going to see him somewhere in the single digits by the time the election happens, by the time like the primaries happen. Here's old Jordy Pete talking about what's real. And the truth of the matter is we don't know how to define what's real. And most of us are materialists. The material world is what's real. Here's a different proposition. What's real leads you away from hell. Now, that's actually a definition, right? It's a, it's a proposition that... It's stupid, 
but sure. Your life will be conducted most fully if you abide by the dictum that what's real is what leads you away from hell. And you might say, well, why would you assume that hell is real? And I would say, if you were there, you'd think it was real. Right. So, and I don't really know what to make of that metaphysically. I mean, I believe it's true and I've believed it for a very long time because I read a lot of literature about hell. And you think, well, hell isn't real. It's like, read about unit 731. That was a, that was a Japanese medical unit in China. But that wasn't hell. That was here on earth. And that was human beings, Jordan. China. You read about unit 731. And I would recommend, by the way, for those of you who are watching or listening, that you don't do this because you'll regret it if you do. You read about unit 731 and then come and tell me you don't believe hell is real. No, that's humans. They were torturing people. That's not, that's not metaphysical or not of this world. That is very much of this world. And it's horrible that people do that, Jordan. It, that's not magic. That's human. And not for nothing. It's not like the U.S. wasn't doing horrible shit to fucking prisoners. And uh, we, interned, we interned Japanese people during the war, for fuck's sake. Here's more from that interview. The other thing I learned that was terrifying was I never saw anyone in my therapeutic practice ever get away with anything even once. What? Like, the, you know, there's that old idea that God has a book and, and everything you do is written down. It's like, that's not just an idea. You get away with nothing. And of course it makes sense. It's like reality is real and you distort and bend it at your peril and you may produce a rift temporarily, but that will snap closed on you. And you may not even notice the connection between your initial sin, failure to meet the target, to hit the target, and the consequences of that. But the consequences are inevitable. And it's even worse than that, because not only are they inevitable, they tend to multiply. <laughs> just, just not saying fucking anything, Jordan. Just don't, don't, don't worry. You just fucking just keep talking. Everybody, <clears throat> your, your cult will still think you're smart. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> hopefully that guy eventually goes away. I don't, I don't think it's likely, but there's hopefully that guy eventually goes away. Up next, we got, uh, here's Charlie Kirk. <laughs> oh man. Here we're going to talk about the fucking submarine now. Here's Charlie Kirk. He's going to tell you what happened with the fucking submarine. But this is an interesting piece of tape. The CEO of OceanGate, who I believe is in the submarine, they say that he hired younger, more inspirational people over experienced 50-year-old white guys. Other sub-operators typically have experienced ex-military 50-year-old white guys. I wanted our team to be younger, to be inspirational, because I'm not going to inspire a 16-year-old technology. So one could make the argument that the CEO was promoting diversity and or irrelevant characteristics over merit. So this ties into a theme that we've been talking about, that we care more about merit than race. Makes you wonder. Play cut 50. 
Uh, yes, I mean, when I start the business, one of the things you'll find, there are other sub-operators out there, but they, they typically um, have uh, gentlemen who are ex-submariners, and they you'll see a whole bunch of 50-year-old white guys. Um, I wanted our team to be younger, to be inspirational, and I'm not going to inspire a 16-year-old to, to go pursue marine technology. Again, I don't want to overly politicize it. That's the left's job. What the left did yesterday is they were saying, well, Ocean Gate has a history of donating to Republicans, as if that's like a super relevant thing, right? No, they thought they were going to fucking, they were, they, they think the, 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 I mean, my criticism of all this is clearly they like, they were like, oh, well, we're just not going to um, do what the regulations say. And then, and then all these fucking rich libertarians, you're like, yeah, fuck, fuck regulation. Let's get on the deregulated submarine. And then fucking, yeah, dying, dying under, you know, <clears throat> that deep dying is easy. Like Jeff just said in chat, you go that deep, it's way easier to die than to live. There are six people that are running out of oxygen, 13,000 surface, we think. And the Daily Beast sends out a story. But you have to know about their political donations. These people are repugnant, repulsive, and disgusting for publishing an article like that. It is, however, separate to say that do you get your best in life? Do you get excellence if you care about things that don't matter? If it is true, this person tragically passes away, the CEO of OceanGate, and he says that he was choosing and selecting his personnel. Is it possible that he said that because experienced people didn't want to work for his company when they found out what he was doing? And so he was like, well, maybe I can just try to paint it this other way. Seems to me that if you were if you were had experience on working on submarines and you went to this guy's company for an interview and he's like, oh, you know, we're just not going to follow the regulations. And, you know, we're going to kind of skirt around these and we're going to kind of take from aerospace and we're going to do this new and interesting ways that like people aren't going to be used to. And you're experienced dealing with submarines. You're like, you're the fuck you are. And so maybe that's why he didn't have any experienced people from the from the submersible industry, because they didn't want to work for his fucking company because they're like, I don't want this blood on my hands. Based on not wanting to have 50 year old white guys, then you could make the argument, albeit rather cruel and blunt. He killed himself and his customers with wokeness difference. If you had 50 year old white guys, you don't know. But he was I bet none of them fucking retired submariners wanted to work for this guy's fucking company. I just don't kind of want the archetype. Oh, I want to be more inspirational. Well, sorry, Pat. Hiring a lot of people to go deep to go explore the Titanic now. It's a tragedy. It's awful. It's terrible. I don't find any delight in this at all. But I think it's necessary to play that tape. Because here he is going on a PR tour saying, well, you know, I'm checking all the identity politics boxes. Let this be a warning to when we say that we want to hire more black pilots. I'll hold on. Slow down. Whoa, Charlie. Die if you embrace the poison of wokeness. Okay, so first of all, like, like, uh, like, except for landing and taking off, which are difficult, the planes fly themselves. This is different than a submarine. Um you don't need to be like a skilled like fighter pilot or whatever to fly a commercial aircraft what you need is a cool head you need to be fucking calm under pressure that's the main thing you need if you're an airline pilot <clears throat> you also need to be willing to work for shit wages like shit wages 
like you wouldn't believe how little most commercial air, air, airline pilots make. But then the airline is still following all the rules and regulations and making sure that you're trained and that you're that all you have all your certifications and the planes fucking properly maintained and shit. This had nothing to do with like the person piloting the submarine. First of all, they controlled it with a fucking game controller. Anyway, um, this had nothing to do with the person piloting or driving, let's say, the submarine. This had everything to do with the design of the submarine. It wasn't designed right. And it failed. The person piloting it could have been the best submarine driver ever. The fucking submarine failed. It physically failed and people died. Some of the story is kind of funny. It's not like I think it's funny that the people died. I think it's ridiculous that you would spend $250,000 to go on a submarine where the company is kind of open about skirting regulation. I think you're stupid if you do that, if you haven't done your due diligence to make sure that the thing you're going to get on is safe. Do those people deserve to die? No. Is it funny that they died? No. Are there other parts of the thing that are kind of funny? Yes. We have the term, we, we taught, we have a term for this. We have the term gallows humor for a reason. It's not like this is a new thing and it's not like I'm the only one who ever thought that dark things can be funny. So <clears throat> anyway, here's a, here's Glenn Beck going, you know what? Actually, fuck that submarine regulation. <laughs> You want to have people who can at least point out to you, here's the problem with that. And then you could say to them, I understand the problem and screw off. That's okay. Yeah. And, and that's what these people and that's did. And that's what they did. That's absolutely what they did. I, I, it bothers me that the United States government is now saying, should we have more federal regulation? <laughs> more on submarine laws? No. No, but these people didn't follow this, the laws around this that already exist. No, we need more submarine laws. <laughs> right. you, that stops innovation. That just stops it. These guys all signed documents. That okay, you can innovate on a sub, but I don't think you should be taking passengers on the innovative sub. You should be taking passengers on the tried and true tested submarine that, that is following all the regulations. If you want to innovate in that field, great. Don't put fucking passengers on the submarine. It said... You know, this, 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 and this are happening. I, I, you bought, might die. I bought, what, six months ago, uh, the Dodge Demon, okay? <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if I told you this. Not before. It was in a sales gig. Not before I put the money down. After I put the money down, they said, okay, you have to sign this release. And it was like three pages of... We don't recommend you driving this on the street. We don't recommend the <laughs> tires. We don't recommend that you use the yeah. drag racing. This is unfit for driving outside of these. I mean, it was, and I had to initial each paragraph. Okay? Yes. Dodge Corporation America, not responsible for the loss of your life. I mean, it was yeah. crazy. Yes, yeah. because that's not a safe and car. I look at that and I'm like, uh, okay, I'm not, I'm, I'm never going to drive it to where I need the parachute. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to, I, I get it. I get it. These guys would be the ones that would buy that and go, oh, well, 
but I want to use the parachute. Well, if you want to use the parachute and you're not endangering other people who aren't also very well informed, sign that same thing. Hey, good chance you die if you do this. What is the problem? You, you, you can't conquer Everest. But wait a minute. You're driving it on the road with other people. Come in and go crazy with and yeah, like somebody in chat said, is it two and a half miles under underwater? Like, and I would be terrified to be in a, a, a car that has like a thousand horsepower with Glenn Beck driving it. They should specifically not sell a car like that to Glenn Beck. He's a dope. Anyway, we got one more. We're ending pretty early for uh, the for the, the podcast part of the show this week, but that's fine. We'll do extra red light. Um, Matt Walsh. <laughs> oh, no. Matt Walsh has a take on the submarine. And it somehow... I it I don't think I think he manages to say something about a thing without being transphobic, which is actually stunning. Pound for pound, it's very likely that you have wasted more money, or at least you know if you look at your at your uh, at your total income versus how much money you personally have wasted. This applies to me as well. As a percentage. You have very likely wasted more money than any of the rich people on that submersible. Uh, so we're all guilty of wasting money. <laughs> we're not criticizing them for spending $250,000 to go on a submarine ride. We're criticizing them for spending $250,000 to go on an unregulated submarine ride from some company that fucking we just all heard about for the first time. That's, that's modern life. Like we fill our lives and our homes with a whole bunch of crap we don't need, constantly finding new reasons to waste money. We all do that. And as your income increases, you just end up wasting more money. But, you know, if you're not wasting as much money as a billionaire, it's probably just because you don't have that much money to waste. But you certainly waste almost all the money you can waste. So it's it's a uh, sort of a pointless thing to get all high, high and mighty about. But also, of all the things that a rich person can waste their money on, um, I think this is one of the better things. I mean, the world's a better place if you have rich people that are motivated uh, to do eccentric and crazy things. Like, okay, they want to go to the bottom of the ocean. They want to fly into space. There are a lot of things that that the elites can spend their money on that that and do spend their money on <laughs> have a very destructive effect on society and on our culture. That's not one of those things. Okay, I wish this is what all the billionaires were doing. Me too. Me too, Matt. <laughs> but you know, for a different reason. Me too. Send all the send all the billionaires to space or uh, to the bottom of the ocean. Absolutely. In a video game. <laughs> so, I don't know what we learned today on the show. I don't think we learned a whole lot. Usually we learn something on the Sunday show. This week, nah, didn't learn shit. We just made fun of people. Um, <clears throat> so, everybody, thanks for tuning into the podcast. Podcast listeners, I'm going to have to uh, let you go. And your podcast player will probably play another show now. Maybe a good one. Who knows? Maybe a bad one. Maybe, uh, you, maybe it's just such that Behind the Bastards plays right after me on your podcast app who knows live viewers and of course patrons and uh, members via eplex.store you of course are going to get red light um thanks everybody for hanging out um i'll see everybody on the flip side i guess this is gonna be boomers by periscope see everybody in red light
every Saturday is Catterday on Echoplex Media, and not only are we posting fucking cats, we invite all content creators to join our open panel. Visit echoplexmedia.com slash panel to learn how to join. Every third Saturday is Operation Catterday, where we cover this week and last year and play the best clips from the cast of conspiracy characters that Now Space has learned to loathe. The show starts at 8 p.m. Pacific at twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Find our full schedule at echoplexmedia.com.